I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Welcome to this Clash of the Titles Christmas Countdown Special! Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas, everyone! Hello and welcome to today's Clash of the Titles Christmas Countdown Special, the podcast that sees two Christmas movies with something in common go head-to-head to see which one does it better. And welcome to part two of this week's Riot of Romance. So, on Monday's episode, love actually left us feeling like we'd smashed 20 Terry's chocolate oranges into our face. And today, we've got more sweetness as four complete strangers find some holiday romance. And a reminder that if you run an Airbnb, strangers will have sex in your bed. From 2006, it's the holiday. You know, Graham, I just broke up with someone. And considering that you showed up when you're insanely good-looking and probably won't remember me anyway, I'm thinking we should have sex. If you want. Is that a trick question? Seems I had it all wrong. It turns out you'll go somewhere new and meet people who make you feel worthwhile again. We'll have a Christmas champion at the end of the show, but which Christmas film will it be? Let's find out. It's Clash of the Titles Christmas Countdown Special. Release the Kraken. Hello, Clash Butters. I have a cow and I sew. How's that for hard to relate to? I'm Alex Zane. I'm Chris Tilly. Very quickly. I'm Vicky Crimson, sorry. <laughs> Very quickly then. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to us already, uh, would you be kind enough to do that on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your pods? That would be lovely. Uh, and if you've got the time, uh, everyone's busy. I understand that. But uh, a little uh, rating and uh, a review, if you could, is hugely appreciated and means a, a lot to us. So that would be great. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, also, quick reminder, January, we are handing over the podcast to you. You decide which movies we put up against each other. That's right, isn't it, Chris? Yeah, send us a pairing. 
Send us two films, uh, show at clashpod.com, and we'll pick the best ones, and we'll do them all throughout January. All throughout January. And hey, you know, depending on how January goes, we might just do that forever. <laughs> there are quite a few good ones that have already come in, actually. What I'm talking about. Yeah. We could do February as well, maybe take it through to March, you know, by which point the world will be a different place, COVID will be over. It's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. So, back to today. Uh, these were Victoria's choices of Love Actually versus The Holiday. Chris Drector is kicking and screaming through the schmaltz of Love Actually on Monday. And so today, hold on as I pull you through the sugary swamp that is the holiday. If everyone's ready, let me take you on a journey. Kate Winslet is in love with massive twat Rufus Sewell. Cameron Diaz has just broken up with massive twat Edward Burns. They both decide they need to get away for Christmas. So they swap houses. Cameron heads to a one-bedroom cottage in Surrey. Kate gets a fucking mansion in LA. Then Jude Law turns up, and him and Cameron Diaz have an enjoyable flirtation in the English countryside. While over in the US, Jack Black arrives, and him and Kate Winslet decide to try as hard as they can to make this film unwatchable, and they largely succeed. Then everyone dances at the end, and you cry because you realize you'll never get those two hours, 15 minutes back. The end. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, for your consideration, the holiday. So, what are your histories uh, <laughs> with this masterpiece? Uh, Victoria, you picked them, so we'll start with you. Um, years and years ago, I had a boss that I really respected and was just. Just, you know, I wanted to learn so much from her and she's been in the business a really long time and she was really, really great. And she told me to watch The Holiday. She's like, you're going to love this film. And I was like, well, if she says it, it must be true. And I watched it and I couldn't believe it. And it made me feel very doubtful about what I thought about a- Alienated from her, I imagine. <laughs> but like- then the trouble is, as I was watching, I was like, this, is, this has been some awful mistake. And then by the end, I was like, I get it. I love it. What? <laughs> like, no, I'm sorry. And um, so yeah, and I haven't seen it since though. So ah. until last week. And you enjoyed the rewatch? Yeah, in exactly the same way. I was mad as hell, and then I loved it. I was. I mean, well, I was the opposite. I, I started <laughs> off going, "All right, let's go with this," and by the end, I was like, "Go away, the holiday, Chris." <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I saw it. I don't know how or why. <laughs> My only vague recollection is is thinking, "Oh, they're nice looking people mm. to look at for." two and a quarter hours <laughs> but then it's not really I mean every Christmas it's around but it's not something I've wanted to see again but it does pop up on my Spotify a lot because I downloaded I must have downloaded the score a long time ago and it's the one score when it pops up in my sort of long list of scores on Spotify I always get out my phone to try and figure out what film it's from and then it's I see it's the holiday and it doesn't really make sense to me okay. the, the, the music doesn't sound like it's from this film right? but yeah lovely music forgettable film yep I, uh, well, I guess um, I remember seeing the poster for it with the four of them, none of them looking at the camera, all smiling and laughing together. I remember seeing that poster and thinking, I will never watch you the holiday, <laughs> never. And so I guess my, my first question is for you, Victoria, why do you hate me? <laughs> Lords of Reasons. <laughs> Have you got time? But, uh, no. It, it, does the punishment in this instance outweigh the crime? I just also let's just look at you know how many films do I watch for you? Where I was like, well, I, I saw the poster, but I thought I'll never watch that, and mm. then I do, and I don't make that much of a fuss, do I? No, but no. it's normally good because <laughs> the experience oh, of watching them is like, ooh, the relic. That's <laughs> quite. And we good. always like we come back to the relic, but I think when we do our end of twenty twenty episode, I might bring a list of stuff. Really? 
that Thanks. I've yeah. Bring a list. I have a Joker in the pack, which is called the fucking holiday <laughs> forever. <laughs> That's people, my card. I said this before. There's some people love this film, and I think I put myself in that camp. Wow. I know. <laughs> All right. Well, at any point, uh, feel free to interject as we're going through this movie and explain why my opinion is wrong, uh, which it isn't, because I speak for the masses here, <laughs> I've decided. Uh, uh, the masses of people who agree with me that what, what is this? What is this film? <laughs> uh, let's do a bit of backstory then to uh, the holiday. Uh, this is going to be very short because I started reading about it and then went, I don't, I, 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 life's too short. I don't care enough. Uh, about how this film came to be. But you know we're doing a podcast on it. I realise that. <laughs> and I think you'll find out that I've done just enough to justify my place in the seat, but not enough to remove any other knowledge from my brain and replace it with information on the do, holiday. Do your notes get thinner and thinner as the film goes on? Uh, my notes started off uh, really great at the, at the top. I was commenting on this film like it was any any other film we do. And then literally I've written, I've written down yawn several times. <sighs> It's written and directed by Nancy Myers, uh, a father of the bride, writing fame, uh, although the holiday is sandwiched between uh, a couple of movies that I have seen and enjoyed, actually, uh, that she wrote and directed, Something's Gotta Give. That's great. Which mm. uh, is a great film. Uh, Diane Keaton, brilliant in that. Uh, that was just before the holiday. And then after that, uh, you've got the uh, enjoyable, perhaps not as much as Something's Gotta Give. It's complicated with Alec Baldwin and Meryl Streep. Did not mind that movie mm. either. No. So this is sandwiched between them. In terms of the casting, uh, Nancy Myers said uh, she wanted Kate uh, and Cameron during the writing process. She says, you know, I think a screenwriter would lie to you if they said, I don't think about anybody when I'm writing. I can't imagine it. You know someone has got to say it and do it. Do you have people in mind when you're writing, Victoria? The characters. (laughs) Shut up, Nancy Myers, in so many words. (laughs) So, uh, Chris, no, how about you? I thought I would, and I've I've realised I don't. That's interesting. Mm. I always write with people in mind. I is think it, it, is it always me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with a top on and no bottoms for some reason. Uh, so, uh, with regards to the rest of the casting, uh, she says of Jack Black, does Nancy Myers? I saw School of Rock, and I just adored him. I thought he popped off the screen. He spoke to me as an audience member. Uh, Jack Black himself was originally quite baffled. Uh, the idea of performing in a romantic comedy. Uh, he said uh, that uh, she, sorry, Nancy Myers said, when I asked him if he'd ever be in a movie like this, uh, they were having dinner together at her home. Uh, he said, Nancy, have you seen my work? But I assured him that I had and told him that I thought he was fabulous. And then I proceeded to give him a role that prevented him from being fabulous. Apparently, it wasn't until uh, Nancy Myers told Black that he'd be starring opposite Kate Winslet that he was willing and open to the idea. Uh, finally, in terms of casting, uh, you've got uh, Jude Law. Oh, so gorgeous. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, come on. Oh, I, I, you know, if I'm looking for a silver lining on this movie, poof. It is Jude Law. Uh, but Nancy Myers said uh, she had a doubts about Law's ability to fit the part. I wasn't immediately sure that he was going to fit into the genre and do this kind of work. So I met with him. We went through the script together. He just got it. You know, he just hasn't had a chance to do it before, she said. He got it? Mm. He got the part. Okay. Like, as in he got the material. He was like, he read it. And I went, met with him and he just got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Nancy. <laughs> yeah. I read with him and he was like, 
I wear glasses. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I have not done a part with glasses. That's, that's what that whole quote is about. I, I wasn't sure he was going to fit the genre of a man in glasses, uh, but actually he got it. Do you think he did Mr. Napkinhead in the audition? <laughs> Mr. Napkinhead is terrifying. <laughs> Mr. Napkinhead is the best scene. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that, that is literally all I've got. Good. Uh, on the backstory. Yeah, this is the thing for films. These I love lots of films, but when I love a film like this, I don't give a shit how it got made. That's okay. not what it's about. I nearly got into trouble for not doing any research. Not and apparently then it was like, thank God that's over, all right? I didn't, what trouble about um, not doing you, research? You, you made it sound like, you know, we're doing a podcast, so I hope you've done oh. some homework. That bit. Yeah? See yeah. how quickly he forgets. You just had to say Nancy Myers. That, that was fine. Okay, well, Nancy Myers. <laughs> All right. Let's go through the film. Well, I realised I was getting confused with Nora Ephron. Oh, don't do that. Yeah. So you thought of two funny women. <laughs> just Whose names begin with N. All right, fine. Nancy Nora, 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 yeah, it doesn't work. Right, uh, are you ready to go through this? Yeah, can't wait. Great. Uh, well, I might make you wait. <laughs> and here we go. Kate Winslet uh, opens this movie with uh, some narration. Uh, I say narration, it's a lecture uh, about how shit it is being her. Mm. Uh, she says she is an expert in unrequited love. Uh, she puts it, the cruelest kind of love. People who love but aren't loved back, are, in her words, the handicapped without the advantage of a great parking space. Mm. Bad joke. Does it qualify as a joke? It's just, yeah, it's not a a good thing to have in this film. It's a terrible opening. Yeah. It makes Kate Winslet already awful. And I know I bang on about voiceovers too much, but to to have your main character go, that's me, by the way, Mm. is madness to me. Yeah, uh, she's in love with Jasper. Uh, Jasper is the kind of man who, when he's given a book he really likes, uh, responds with, "You stinker." But did you know does, does anyone know? Does That's anyone know a man people. like that? Yeah, it's just posh people. No, even Richard Curtis managed to do the entire of Love Actually without going, "You stinker." Yeah, the best uh, line there is when he's like, "Where did you get this?" And she says, "That little place in Covent Garden." And it's like, <laughs> "What fucking Gap or Pizza <laughs> Express or Lush?" There are no little places in Covent Garden, and there weren't in two thousand and six. And also, why do we never get to find out what book it is? What is it the first edition oh, that's of? That's a good point. Like, yeah. And there's that little road near Common Garden with all the little bookstores. Well, I didn't want to say, but yeah, Chris yeah, is right. Yeah, yeah, a little pedestrian. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah You lovely. need to get off the beaten track. Between yeah. Common Garden and Leicester Square. Is it Martin Spencer? Stop being so basic. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's taking years off, you dickhead. <laughs> but he's, he's basically doing Hugh Grant and Bridget Jones, yeah. isn't he? That character, except he's so unbelievably awful mm. um, that I think it makes her less sympathetic. It totally does. He's fit, if he's fit I suppose so. But also, Hugh Grant in Bridget Jones, as well as being good looking, had a charm about him. There oh, was yeah, something... Sure. And, and this guy, it just seems like, oh, I'm a cartoon character villain. It makes... Handsome yeah. man. Chris is right. It makes Kate's obsession with him. Um, it makes her look stupid. It makes her look stupid that she is obsessed with someone who is that unlikable. I suppose so. Yeah, I think it just must say more about me that when he was beat, when he's really bad and he really doesn't like her, I was really into him. And then when he's needy and he turns up, I was like, oh, yeah. Well, the, and, well, don't want to spoil it. The thing he does at the end of the film is so insane. You think oh, this guy, if this guy's been behaving like this the whole time, which I'm guessing he has, he's then not this, well. Yeah, he's not well. <laughs> <laughs> he's a sociopath. <laughs> he, he's, a, he's a really sick man. Uh, yeah, I would have liked to know what the book was because just going, it's the first edition. Oh, is it the first edition of what Mein Kampf it's Bridget, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's Bridget Jones' diary <laughs> yeah you're right 
So uh, we get that, and, and we're off. We're off to the races. Um, meanwhile, in Los Angeles, Cameron Diaz is breaking up with Edward Burns in a way that no real humans have ever broken up with someone ever. This whole sequence, it requires you to suspend disbelief and then suspend that suspension of disbelief even further. It involves throwing shoes and stomping in silk pyjamas. She has a tantrum. Mm. It's a child's tantrum. Yeah. And he, she's just found out that he's probably had sex with his secretary. Yeah. And, and this is how she deals with it. She's like, no, oh, no I'm so mad. I'm going to fight clean about you. Yeah. Um, so weird. Um, you know what I took from this scene? Nice pyjamas. She does have nice pyjamas. I also took, um, I've got friends who cut trailers in America and they don't get paid enough to buy a house like that. <laughs> uh, so unless she yeah, inherited Chris, that house. Do they do 75 a year and ignore their boyfriend <laughs> because they work so goddamn hard because she's a complicated mess. But does she work that hard or does she get John Krasinski? Yeah. Does yeah, she move him into her house yeah. to do to work really hard and then she goes in and uh, change that bit and yeah, that's her work well, done for the day. Team. I was like, oh, I don't think you're working that hard. Not my words, but Nettie said, John Krasinski's gotten, uh, he's, he's, gl- he's, he's glowed up since uh, <laughs> since then she didn't say glowed up I'm making her sound younger than she actually is I added that uh, but she was like he looks a lot better now doesn't he he does, he does. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you can even say glowed up I think it has to be glow up I don't know I don't know why I'm doing this I'll stop being so basic uh, right, the first actual laugh you've been hanging out with teenagers <laughs> basic I'm trying to write this funny thing aren't I, where I've got to understand Gen Z lingo it's killing me uh, alright all it does is make me feel so fucking old easy boomer <laughs> oh there you go it's okay, Boomer. Uh, never mind. Uh, the first actual laugh uh, in this movie comes from a character who makes no further appearance. And that is the moment where Cameron Diaz is on the balcony and she's like, uh, so we've broken up. You can now actually tell me, did you sleep with her? And Edward Burns sort of ums and ahs and the gardener gives yeah. him a look and goes, no, uh, <laughs> yeah. don't, no, don't do that. Do not do do not do that. And it's hilarious. It but he does say that he, yes, he had sex with his secretary. Um, but then basically says to it, if you put out occasionally, I wouldn't have had to do it. And rather than her being like, "Fuck you, dude," she's like, "Oh God, I'm you're kind of right, and I'm sorry." Not to him, but because she talks to herself a lot in this film. She does, yeah. So she's apologising all the time, and she's like, "I'm single at Christmas." <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's a much better sort of B character uh, in that moment than her editor is back in London, uh, Kate's editor in London, who seemingly, despite knowing that Rufus Sewell is her ex, goes, Kate, how do you feel about covering the wedding? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow. What is Kate Winslet's job exactly no, at the Telegraph? No, no, I don't know that. No, I think I she don't. writes, no, she writes about weddings. She writes weddings, doesn't she? Is, that, up weddings. is that someone's whole job? <laughs> yeah, people write obituaries as a job. People okay. write weddings. But it's your classic rom-com, like... Jobs only people have, um, people only have in rom coms. I'm so sensitive because I write the obituaries. That, right? Anyway, people do write obituaries. I that. know they do. <laughs> they, don't, they don't just appear. It's quite a hard job. It's quite a sensitive, difficult job. Oh, really? Yeah, because you've got to find the family and friends and stuff. It's a very difficult time. Okay. Um, uh, we find a little more out about Cameron Diaz, uh, her thing. Uh, two things, actually, uh, 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 very similar to Tropic Thunder here. Cameron Diaz uh, is Tug Speedman. In the, she cannot cry. I love this. <laughs> and we also have a fake trailer uh, for the film Deception, uh, starring James Franco and Lindsay Lohan. It's a great trailer. Uh, it, I literally, <laughs> at this point, I'd already seen enough of the holiday that was like, 
I want to be watching Deception right now. I'd watch any movie where the the button on the trailer is, why'd you bring two guns? I didn't think one would be enough. Perfect. Fucking brilliant. It was funny seeing them together as well, because I think I talked about this ages ago on the podcast. There was that famous list mm. that Lindsay oh, yeah. Lohan released of, of Hollywood people that she slept with, and Franco was on it, and then he denied it, and there was this like war of words. Yeah, well, uh, Nancy Myers uh, says, uh, I know Lindsay because I directed The Parent Trap, and I told her she owes me everything, so I made her do it. And uh, of James Franco, I met him at a few dinner parties. We have mutual friends. So I knew him a little bit and I asked him if he would do it. And it turned out Lindsay and James knew each other. And so he agreed to do it. And it was really fun. The plot thickened. Who cares? I care whether Lindsay Lohan and James Franco boned. <laughs> really? <laughs> do you? Yeah. I'll sleep easier knowing it's true. Okay. I don't like doubt. Um, all right. So, um, they decide, oh, sorry, <laughs> this is very important and we'll discuss this later uh, at the very end. But at this point, Cameron Diaz is having chest pains. Yeah. At almost exactly the same time in London, Kate Winslet is attempting suicide by huffing gas from the hob of her cooker. There's a reason I mention that. Welcome back to it. What's but remember, exciting. remember those two facts. That is set up, mm. and we will be having payoff. Yeah, we will, and it's a hell of a payoff. So uh, Cameron Diaz decides uh, she wants to go on holiday, and she decides which country she wants to go on holiday to, based on where they speak English. But wait, how do we watch her make this decision? Do we watch her do and read Google for about <laughs> twenty minutes? Do we watch? Uh, do we watch a woman uh, use uh, inverted commas incorrectly on Google? Google. Why? Why has she put speech marks round vacation spots that you can just type vacation spots? Oh uh, uh, yeah. Yep. So you look at the film. You look at the two words where they're only when you, the, yeah, yeah. those marks are only for where they're together. Yeah, I know. But a vacation. Because otherwise, you'll get is... vacation and spots come up in your searches. Uh, it's going to come up with vacation spots first. Google is yeah. advanced enough to do that. Uh, but also, 2000, who, two thousand three. Who types in two thousand six vacation spots? To find a vacation spot. Yeah. Who clicks on the first thing as well? Like, I like the fact that this glamorous woman in this glamorous place decides you want to go on holiday and her search was taking her closer and closer to my shitty hometown <laughs> uh, because she ends up with Surrey and I'm from Surrey, but Croydon. And I would love to have seen a version of this film where she went to fucking Croydon. <laughs> I just don't understand why it's not. Cameron Diaz sits down and she goes vacation spot. Cut to they've swapped houses. You don't need to see this long exchange of reading emails. It's so nonsense. Yeah, and also uh, Kate Winslet is a liar because where that cottage is is uh, the village of Shear, which is not 40 minutes from fucking London. Okay. Is it uh, not? I checked. It's an yeah. hour and a half. What? <laughs> an hour and a half from London. But that's, that's mad. That is how you rent an Airbnb. <laughs> 40 minutes. Travelling how? <laughs> By train? Really? Hmm. I thought I would have thought I would have said forty minutes. Uh, listen, I, I literally I Google mapped it in the cab on the way here, and I did it from Leicester Square, not from where I was at the time, which was North London. So I did my research. This is all really really well okay, researched. Useful. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you thinking of moving? <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, uh, Cameron Diaz arrives in the UK at Rose Hill Cottage. Uh, do you want to? Do, do you know this about Rose Hill Cottage? No? It uh, doesn't exist. It was built for the movie. Really? Yeah, they built it in two weeks. Uh, this whole cottage, uh, most of the time, I was spent on assembling the plant life in the garden to make it look so fucking quaint. Okay. Yeah. Um, Did they put in a gas fire rather than a real fire? Because she arrives and she gets one match 
and the whole thing goes up. And I was like, if anyone's ever tried to light a real fire, you don't just use one match. That's a gas fire. But it's got chimneys and it annoyed me. Oh, I didn't notice that. You do notice she just throws a small match and it goes poof. Yeah, I might have walked out of the room already at this point. <laughs> I did, I've watched a lot of this movie from the kitchen where I don't have a TV. Uh, so, um, uh, Kate is in Los Angeles and she gets this mansion and she walks in and I think Kate Winslet is... A phenomenal actress. Yes. I think this film is kind of unfair on her because Cameron Diaz, no one does that goofy comedy better than Cameron Diaz. And when Cameron Diaz is like listening to the killers and playing guitar Mm -hmm. and like being all wacky and self-deprecating in her physical comedy, she's great at it. Kate Winslet running from room to room going, gosh, oh my, wow. I'm like, it's not good. It's not a good sequence. When she jumps on the bed, I think she's got her shoes on. I'm like, that's (laughs) outrageous. That's somebody's home. Also, I I just, I think, I think Kate Winslet did that herself. I don't, Nancy Myers said that wasn't in the script that she was going to go running around. Really? It looks to me like she was forced at gunpoint to do it. Which is why I don't (laughs) think she should have done it. I think she, do you know, you know when you sort of walk into something, you go, I got this. I definitely got this. And then you get halfway through and you've been filming for about two days, (laughs) this sequence. And everyone's like, well, we've got to finish it now. And you're like, do we? (laughs) Do we have to finish it? Did, did did either of them have time to change their sheets before the other person moved into their house? I don't that know. bothered me because they both agreed to do it and then just went to the airport. Mm. Yeah, and Kate Winslet literally is sitting between two friends and doesn't immediately go, sorry, do you want to sit here? Yeah, what dick? <laughs> I thought they were going to do a joke there, which would be a really funny joke if anyone's ever had this happen to them on the plane, where the two women sat either side of her and she'd said to her, would you like to sit next to your friend? And they'd lend across her and go, no, we both want aisle seats and then continue to have a conversation <laughs> over her. Which I, be- I I believe has happened, where people go, no, no, we we knew that someone would be sitting between us, but were that fucking rude. <laughs> anyway, uh, Cameron Diaz finds out Kate Winslet has a dog. That wasn't mentioned before, and that is a big responsibility. If you turn up to an Airbnb and there's a dog there that needs looking after, that ruins your holiday. Yeah, bad feedback. And uh, so it's understandable at this point, uh, having arrived there, that Cameron Diaz goes... Well, there's a dog here, don't like that. I am probably going to drive into town and buy all the wine. Mm. Um, so she gets in the mini and it, it's terrifying. And she drives into a, a very posh looking supermarket in a small town and she proceeds to wander around <laughs> that supermarket drinking wine from the bottle. Mm. Massive respect. I do love that until you realise that she has downed at least half a bottle of wine and has to get back in that car yeah, and drive, drive back. Home. Yeah, it is. Absolutely terrible. Yeah. It is, she's going, yeah, I'm going to drive pissed yeah. on a terrifying road in a foreign country. Which I'm, I'm unsure how to drive this thing in the first place. I like the fact she buys the corkscrew after opening and drinking the wine. A lot of screw tops around there. Then why do you need a corkscrew? Because some of them are corked. Uh, apparently there was a thing where, isn't it to do with like the sustainability of cork? Yeah, it is. Yep. Chris, you'd be wise to look into that. <laughs> World's changing, my friend. <laughs> Uh, so, um, uh, well, LA now, uh, Jack Black turns up, stands horribly close to Kate Winslet. I'm glad you said that because he's portrayed in this film as he's a good guy. Because then when his girlfriend breaks up with him, you're supposed to feel sorry for him. 
But he, the minute he meets Kate Winslet, he's like, you've got something in your eye. Mm. And clears her eyes. That is a move. That's 100% a move. And your girlfriend's sitting right there. So you're, you're not as innocent as I think the trailer made you out to be. No, not at all. Not at all. What, would, you, would you want him just to leave that thing in her eye? You can see, you appear to have something in your eye. I'll let you try and get it out. If you want my help, I'm right here. But he's just like, let me. And the the classic, you've got something in your eye. Have you ever done that, Alex? I've never poked a woman in the eye. You have face. Yeah, you have. Yeah, but I, you know. But she really did have something in her yeah. eye. So it was massive. It was like a wasp. <laughs> and I just plucked that wasp out of her eye. Fish finger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's uncomfortable. But then back in London, Jude Law, when he turns up um, on the doorstep of his sister's house, mm. uh, he sort of threatens to take a leak on her doorstep. It's the, that's another thing. It's a, a minor point, but the, the jarring between uh, British English and American English. So right at the beginning, Sarah Parrish says to Kate Winslet, if your guy cheats on your your guy, no one says that in the, no one. Mm. But then Kate, I think Nancy Myers was quite taken with the idea of Kate Winslet saying shagging because that's always cute and fun. But Jude Law would not say take a leak. Nope. No, he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. And then if he says take a leak and then apologises for the profanity, it's like, yeah, what? What profanity? <laughs> what are you talking about, Jude Law? Uh, but he uh, he says, he says, which is great. When he gets rat assed in a local pub, Iris lets him stay here so he doesn't get behind the wheel. If ever a sentence has fallen on deaf ears, <laughs> that would be. She's just down the bottle you know, of wine. You could just drive home. In a supermarket <laughs> and driven home. She's like, what are you talking about? You have a go, you can drive off. Yeah, you can't. It costs the work. You seem fine to drive. Uh, then. Um, uh, Jude Law and Cameron Diaz get drunk, uh, have a kiss, which is great because Jude Law is beautiful. Cameron Diaz is beautiful. Two beautiful people kissing. You'd forgive everything and anything except a man kissing someone's eyes. <laughs> mm. Oh, no, I don't agree. The first time I saw it, you'd be like, oh, God, get off my eye. Mm. <laughs> That's so weird. Mm. But he's trying to be... This is more than just a kid. He's trying to do something. I don't think it quite lands, but he's trying to do something that's very sensual and affectionate. I can't is, think of the right word. So is she drunk too? No, she's only had a brandy. Oh no, she's had her wine, hasn't well, she? she? Yeah, because she she's had she's had the wine. Uh, she's clearly been drinking all day. She spends most of this film drinking, which yeah. I have no problem, no problem with. with that. Uh, although you know. Jude Law's a little bit, uh, a little bit confident because she goes, "Do you want a drink? Do you want water? Cup of tea? Wine?" And he goes, "Brandy. brandy. <laughs> get me the fucking brandy, and you have a yeah. glass as well. Let's get fucked up." I think the thing is, and this makes me feel sick for saying this because I fucking hate this, but the scene is there because unbelievably, even though Nancy Myers is like, "Right, bitch can't cry," she also is bad at sex, <laughs> which is unbelievable. And she thinks foreplay is overrated. Oh, yeah. which makes are women her... supposed to write that? No, because no. it gives us the wrong idea. It really yeah. does. I mean, you she can think it as a character it's not a big deal but for a, for her the way she is she's very coquettish and she's like I'm afraid I'm ever so bad at sex kind of thing it's like come on like, it's ludicrous the way you look the way you are you're a very confident woman all the rest of it and not to be too basic about it but it is not that hard so you you might not be very you might not have a good time and you might not enjoy it but I don't think you can be bad at it at your age I just want to echo Chris though uh, because not only does Chris think it gives men the wrong idea uh, but Jude Law uh, and therefore me because I'm in love with Jude Law in this yeah. 
this yeah. film actually says uh, when she goes, ah, four plays overrated, he says, you are rapidly becoming one of the most interesting girls I've ever met. What a shitty compliment that is. Well, it, it basically says, what I mean by interesting is, I'm going to have so much more time to myself because I'm not going to have to indulge your fucking foreplay bullshit because you don't like it. It's the dream. It's the dream. Dream woman. Then he kisses her eyes. So it's like, what? So why are they even kissing? What's the point of the kiss? It's, it's, it's kissing his foreplay. Because both him and Jack Black clearly are eye fetishists. That's true. And they, both, they both get very oh preoccupied with eyes. That's what it is. Maybe it's just the bridge, like a link. Mm. I hadn't thought of it. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's why a man kisses a stranger's eyes very, very quickly into their friendship uh, they spend the night together uh, and he loses a contact lens um, which uh, means that he can put some glasses on it's my favourite bit of the film he's like I've lost my contacts he's like she's shagged your contact lenses out of your head you've had a brilliant just the idea of them bouncing around together so vigorously that his lens is like ping, ping, and then they're gone and the whole reason the scene exists is so he can go this is me in glasses. And everyone's just like, I'm not because he's Jude Law's wearing glasses! Get in the room! Come in! Come in! He's just so fit in those glasses. It's unreal. Yeah. Uh, and then and, and then you you work out why his character wears glasses because Jude Law is playing a literary editor. Yeah, and they uh, wear glasses. They have so. to have glasses. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they have to have glasses. It's you, great. Jude Law cannot be a believable literary editor without no, a pair of glasses absolutely. on his face. <laughs> Uh, the following mornings, uh, it's a little bit sort of a little bit of awkwardness uh, between Cameron Diaz uh, and Jude Law. Um, he uh, he says, uh, what does he say? Uh, oh yeah, uh, it's a great line which I, I plan on uh, using. Uh, should I ever find myself single again and in this situation, which is unlikely, but should I? Uh, he he uh, he says, I tend to hurt women quite simply by being myself. <laughs> Which is a non-explanation of anything. What what that actually boils down to is, I'm a dick, mm. but don't you fucking dare try and change me. <laughs> so, drink later. And she says yes. Yeah. It's such a bad line. No one talks like that. I just hurt women by being so fucking sexy. <laughs> okay, fine, whatever. But notice the disparities Well, she spends a lot of time apologising. So later on... We'll get there. But she's like, why did you stay? Because I was drunk and I passed out. And it's like, you know why he stayed. But she's sorry for herself all the time. And he's like, this is who I am. Deal with it. Yeah, he also gets a call on his uh, mobile phone, uh, which turns out to be from his daughter. Although yeah. at this point, we don't know. Mm. Which works in the moment, this idea that he doesn't take a call from his young daughter who's ringing him on his mobile phone. He goes, oh, I'll probably get her later. Yeah. But when you find out it's his daughter, probably take it. You know, that is your child ringing you yeah. uh, their only guardian and yeah. possibly in, in danger. It also means the girls, I think the girls are about six and eight mm. or maybe like seven and five. Mm. Have they both got their own mobile phone? Yes, they do. That's in weird. 2006. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, they haven't, have they? <sighs> uh, back in Los Angeles, uh, we get the, the, the shitty half of this movie, uh, which is uh, Kate spending all her time with Arthur, an old Hollywood writer. Now, I will say this, the only believable relationship in this film is between Arthur <clears throat> and therefore Nancy Myers and old Hollywood. Yeah. That is a very interesting relationship because Nancy Myers uh, talks about this. She says, it's something I think about a lot. The first movie I made was Private Benjamin, came out in October of 1980, stayed in theatres till March 1981. Did well, out for six months, 
wasn't extraordinary that a film would stay in a theatre for six months. I don't like the what's happened now. It's all become such a big race. It bugs me. And uh, boy, does she hammer that point home. Mm. Fucking hell. <laughs> He's just stating the bleeding obvious every time he opens his mouth. He annoyed me from the start um, because he gets where Cary Grant is from wrong. Mm, I know. And everyone knows that Cary Grant's from fucking Bristol. It's really famous. So for him to say Cary Grant's from Surrey, I was offended by that. You should be. Archibald uh, Leach is from Bristol. Yeah, uh, Peter Bradshaw in The Guardian had an interesting take on the Cary Grant mistake. He says, my suspicion is that Myers knows perfectly well that Grant was from unpicturesque Bristol. <laughs> <laughs> Bristol's all right. Yeah, it's not sorry, though. Um, just before they meet, though, she gets another phone call from she gets a phone call from Jasper. Oh, I love this. Who is uh, can't speak because he's arriving at Soho House, and this <laughs> is in two thousand six. I imagine him meeting you for a drink in two thousand six in Soho House. I might have picked up on the wrong thing because he's like, "Are you wearing that red bikini that unties at the back?" It's like they all untie at the back. <laughs> I don't know of a bikini. I'm sure they exist. It's a front clipper. So what? She's like, "How do you remember that very particular red bikini?" That's such a shit detail. <laughs> Uh, all right, uh, more about bikinis uh, possibly after this break. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com can we go back to Surrey? Because I much prefer uh, Surrey <laughs> and everything that happens in, in Surrey uh, to everything that happens in uh, uh, LA. So uh, Cameron Diaz and Jude Law go out for a, a lunch. And uh, and I, I do mean this quite literally, frolic. Uh, they do. <laughs> in uh, some National Trust Gardens. Yeah, they do. Which I, is sort of weird. And you have that classic... She she's afraid of intimacy, so she won't talk about herself. So she asks a lot of questions of him, um, blah, blah, blah. Now, he at this point says he's an editor and she says, are you the type that gives lots of notes? And this I, this joke is for you, Chris. He says, uh, no, less notes. And if you're an editor, you should know it's 
fewer notes, not less notes. Yeah, grammar, grammar. Thank you. I got the nod. That's like a Paul Hollywood handshake. I'm so buzzed. (laughs) (laughs) It's the beard. It's the beard. Uh, um, uh, Yeah, uh, Judor also says uh, he's like the polar opposite of Cameron Diaz, where she can't cry. He says, I cry all the time more than any woman you've ever met. Rude. He's just, he makes one step forward, two steps back. Uh, Jack Black, meanwhile, gets uh, hammered at a Hanukkah party and then gets into his car. Film has yeah, no yeah, I, I clocked that. That was questionable, wasn't it? He literally I, I thought she's not going to let him go home yeah, like that. It's going to be yeah, a let fine. me call you a cab. Why don't you come back inside? Do you want to? She's just been talking about how freaking drunk he is. <laughs> yeah, he's like, and he wobbles towards his car and she's like, see ya. Good luck. <laughs> but this is this is 70 minutes into the film and there's nothing happening between them yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which the, is remarkable. Do you think it's the casting though? Because are we meant to see... You know, classic rom-com stuff, the spark, and it takes a while to get there, but it's definitely there because I don't see that between them. And maybe it's a casting thing. Yeah, there's literally no chemistry Yeah, uh, between them whatsoever. But even as friends, they don't really... But Jack Black is not good in this. And I say that as a fan of Jack Black. I think Jack Black's great when he's great. And I just think he's so miscast in this. Mm. It's, It's not... When he starts to veer into Jack Black territory which we're going to get to he's still hamstrung by the film he's in and it makes it worse yeah uh which we'll talk about uh because we need to also establish uh, we find out uh, uh very soon that uh jude law is a widower oh my god i know oh you god. love a widower i do oh no of course he's a widower mm. of course he is because we don't love anything more than filling a dead woman's shoes. <laughs> just, I'll just run through the negatives. The woman doesn't get a name. You are going to, if you're going to be with him, you've got these two girls who are just beautiful and affectionate and gorgeous and they're not at all messed up by their mum having been dead not two years, this nameless woman. If anything, and it's made them more healthy and love yeah, lovely. They're just so over it. And <laughs> the just, best thing that yeah, happened to like them, really. The girls come round. You look like my puppy. <laughs> yeah. So that's, but to me, when she was like, oh, you D-I-V-O-R-C-E, it's like, just let him be divorced. Like, it's not a big deal to have another woman on the scene. But this whole thing about women love a project, we love to be able to fix someone, and that a man's pain is sexy, when if it's a woman who is widowed, you do get sexy widows, but it's like a black widow trope. It's the, it's not, they're dangerous and they're a bit, there's something not quite right about them. Mm. It isn't at all attractive in that same way, mm. and it really annoys me. I mean, I think there's another thing that I thought, which uh, is uh, widows are sexier than divorcees, because a divorcee, suggest the possibility that the man is a bit of a ship that yeah, he's exactly. done something wrong yeah. whereas a widower no doubt he's yep. just, his wife has just died he's just died and what, unless he in, killed her yeah. <laughs> that's what a big these, black mark in my book that tent's made lie. out of skin <laughs> they tried to say because a man is in grief his depth of feeling he, he, there's a potential there that he's capable of great love because he's obviously so hurt from this grief that he must have loved this woman really deeply and so because women are interchangeable you're like well I can fill that spot no problem and this I've got a good man here because he's so sad right now <laughs> that when I fixed him he's going to be brilliant and it's just it, oh I don't I could talk about it all day and so I won't mm. Well, well uh, more annoyingly, although uh, granted, slightly simpler, uh, he's fucking called Graham. Uh, Graham. As well. yeah. Why? Why? Hollywood. Note to Hollywood. Uh, 
bold, I know, but stop calling characters Graham <laughs> if you're going to release the movie in the UK, especially if that character is going to be played by an English actor playing an English person. <laughs> Fucking Graham. I just remembered the scene that you talked about at the start where he's like, we're just... We're just worlds apart because I'm a book editor from London and you're a movie trailer person from Los Angeles. I have a cow and I sew. And how, what does he say? How's that for not relatable? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what? You can't have a cow in the garden for a start. Like, it's only sorry. But oh no, when he's, because then he's like, the other thing is about characters like that. If they're widowed, they're automatically a great dad mm. because he's like, look at me. Looking after my own kids. I'm reading cookery books before I go to sleep. No, I can sew. Not. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Also, you're not. You're getting pissed and trying to get your end away. Not, you're not We've established funny, that. It's like the girls are at their grandparents all weekend. It's like fucking part timer, man. <laughs> like... Yeah. Uh, the daughters um, uh, clearly think they were auditioning for Oliver Twist uh, as well. Oh, oh, blimey. We've got a tent. <laughs> hey, look at Come over here, miss. Oh, but then one of them burps, and that's really funny and really sweet. Uh, there is actually a funny moment uh, around now, which is Kate Winslet acting as a middleman between Cameron Diaz mm. and Jude Law. On it's the funny. Film. It's good timing. I really yes. like that. I've written down quite funny. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I actually wrote funny. So I, 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 I went it's, beyond quite. It's a gag you can't really do now because we don't really use call waiting like we used to. No. no. It's a shame. And also, when you were able to do it, it got done to death. So I think I'm a bit sick of that guy. Uh, unfortunately, that, uh, that 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 small reprieve uh, is followed by Jack Black doing Jack Black uh, in a blockbuster uh, where he keeps picking up movies. Oh, did you not like it? No, I hated it. Oh, I like it. It's awful. It's nice, sweet. Dun-dun, dun-dun. Two notes, two notes. I know it's two notes. It's fucking Jaws. What? I don't think Kate Winslet knows us. She's like, Jaws? <laughs> <laughs> he slips. <laughs> You're okay, you keep banging into stuff. Done. <laughs> it gets a bit meta, doesn't it? He mentions Hans. Yeah. Who did write the score. David, he, yeah. he did write the score. And obviously uh, got that weird Hoffman cameo. Yeah. So uh, the cameo apparently uh, comes from the fact that uh, Nancy Myers says he was just uh, walking by and we were shooting that scene. And we decided, you know, as we're friends, do you want to be in this? So he cameoed in it. Uh, and then they mentioned The Graduate. Uh, my question is, this is Christmas Eve. Did anyone question what the fuck A-list movie star Dustin Hoffman is doing in a blockbuster <laughs> on Christmas fucking Eve on his own, <laughs> renting movies? A lot happens on this Christmas Eve, doesn't it, actually? I forgot that if that is Christmas Eve, then... I'm so confused. There's a lot happens you know, that it can't night be because Arthur's thing is the day after, isn't it? I uh, the timeline around here in this film, they basically they go, we can't really address the timeline, so we're just going to not mention it. Is that okay? And you're like, well, no, it's not because it's a Christmas movie. Yeah. So do Christmas movie stuff, but it's unexplained. If it's Christmas Eve, Jude Law spends the night of Christmas Eve having sex with Cameron Diaz rather than with his kids. Oh, and, 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 the, great dad. And, and if it's Christmas Eve, the Writers Guild of America don't spend time with their families on Christmas Eve. They all go and celebrate this old bloke. I bet I bet that's normally packed the Christmas Eve WGA <laughs> night out. Yeah, it also means that on Christmas Day, uh, the uh, newly engaged to be married Jasper is hanging out at Kate Winslet's oh, mansion yeah, on, on his own on Christmas Day. Oh yeah, is is his wife to be not going? Sorry, where the fuck are you? Well, that's the most psychotic thing he does though. <laughs> yeah. She's been ignoring his text, so she he, he flies over there on Christmas Eve, leaves his fiance behind, uh, just to say 
Well, what to say? What? Well, no, but there are some touches with that that are as, as unrelatable as these people are. There are some elements. Let's being kind of Kate Winslet's relationship with Jasper that are relatable, in that she's getting nothing from him. So when anybody's like, "But I need you. I need you to read these pages," so she feels needed. So she's sort of like back on the hook. And then when he sends her the pages. And it's got a blank personalised note from him. So it's got it's, it's headed with his name, but he hasn't written a message. She's looking for any morsel of like... That, um, is, that is fine, though. I agree with that. It's just I'm trying to figure out what he said to his fiance because you would normally spend Christmas Day with your fiance. Yeah. But he says, sorry, t- today I've got to... I've got just to go got to, to nip off. Yeah. Why? <laughs> I've just got to... I've got a thing. She's got this bikini. <laughs> England ties at the back, so... It's red. And wait, wait, wait. Hang on. Hang on. It unties at the back. So you see, there's nothing I can do. <laughs> <sighs> Quick question. What's Christmas fettuccine? <laughs> Christmas fettuccine. What is Christmas fettuccine? Kate was, I'm sure she says, don't worry, Jack Black. I'm going to go and make her some Christmas fettuccine. But isn't that a joke? Like, that I don't she, know. That it's yeah, Christ- I think so. That Christmas, but all she can really knock up is yeah. a bit of pasta. Okay, exactly. I, think I didn't it. get that. Uh, yeah, and that's when Jack Black is trying to open his heart to her about his situation when Shannon Sossamon, he's seen her with uh, some bloke. And then Kate Winslet totally hijacks it and goes, let me tell you about me, though. Yeah. It feels like pieces of your soul are being ripped apart and never put back together. He's like... Yeah, all right, you have the drink and have this is your moment then. <laughs> Fucking bitch. Have the fettuccine. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, uh, so I guess it's sort of Christmas Day around now. Um, and Jack Black at Kate, Kate wins. No, the- it's still Christmas Eve, isn't it? Yeah. I think okay. so. this all happens on Christmas. A lot so go, I don't think we see Christmas Day, do we? No, maybe no? not. No, it's all it's all fine. Okay, that makes more sense. So Christmas Eve is when they're having sushi together, and he does the boob graze. He does do a boob graze. Mm. Thank you for noticing. Yeah. And she's like, oh, "Don't worry about it." Yeah, it's goes, like, "Sorry about the boob graze." Yeah, it's really <laughs> off. Yeah, apparently it came from the fact that in real life, Jack Black uh, brushed up against Nancy Myers and went, "Oh, sorry about the boob graze," and she just laughed so hard because men bump into women all the time like that, and they act like they didn't do it, but. He immediately said sorry about the boob grace, so I wrote into the next scene he did. Right. How great cinema's made, boys <laughs> and girls. Uh, you forgot the bit where Cameron Diaz and Jude Law have amazing sex, so she's doing it right, mm. but she's still got her bra on, so I'm telling you she's doing it wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I'm not going to lie at this point. You haven't got anything else to say, have you? <laughs> Literally, look. Wait, All right, it, wait, says, so- it says yawn. <laughs> Jack Black goes off to speak to Shannon Sossaman. I actually wrote, and I feel bad about this, I was looking for some emotional impact from the movie and I went, old guy should die. <laughs> Did you think that when Kate Winslet walks Arthur down the aisle at his gala, I was like, you look like such a gold digger because he's like, here's this chick I met two fucking days ago. She's from England. She's from Surrey. Um, no one knows who she is. Yeah. Um, uh, Okay, well, let's wrap this fucking baby up. Um, uh, Cameron Diaz decides that it's not going to work out with her, her and Jude Law because something. So uh, she decides to leave. Um, and the uh, for, bewilderingly, despite the fact that the chauffeur she hired at the start refuses to drive her to the cottage and lets her walk about seven miles with her suitcases, she thinks... That's the guy I want to drive me out of here as well. Yeah. You, you you get a different driver. You use a different company. You don't go, that's the man to pick me up. The guy who won't drive outside the house. That I'll have to drag my suitcases down the road to meet. Yeah. Uh, as it turns out, though, uh, this time uh, he can drive back down the road after she finally cries hands down 
love that moment really? where she cries in the car. I was like, it felt like something was happening in the film. Yeah, but it's a it's a device, isn't it? I don't mind it as a device, but it seems very unrealistic that unless someone's got a, a medical problem that they cannot cry. Like she's she doesn't say. I can't cry because I'm cold and I don't care. And she's she's not got that personality. She's like, I've tried. She tries to cry, but she's like, but nothing comes out. And it's like, well, maybe a doctor. She does. She does do the Tug Speedman face where she's like, yeah, really trying to cry, <laughs> and it just won't happen for her. Yeah. So then she's crying, laughing, crying, laughing. She gets out of the car because she thinks she can run faster than a car doing probably seven to ten miles an hour. Unbelievable. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because I'm like, I know, I know it's a romantic comedy. Someone has to run. Yeah. Find another device then. I think I can well, beat you've this You've already car. set it up. He says, I won't drive down the lane. So she says, turn around. He's like, I, I don't go down that lane. Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah, I'll run then. Great. Great. Done. He goes, you know, I can't drive down there. She's like, oh, uh. and now I'll run. Yeah. <laughs> but he goes, I can, I can make it. She's like, fuck off. I'm going to run. Hopefully the wind in my eyes will make me cry by the time I get back. Back to Jude Law. Uh, anyway, she goes in. Nice touch. Jude Law bawling his eyes out. Yeah, that's nice. Really nice moment. That's nice. Oh, yeah, I suppose. You know yeah. when he sticks his head back around, he hears the door and he's like, but she's like mm. cried a little bit, like little girly tears. <laughs> and he's like a ball of snot. I'll like, show you tears. <laughs> man <Waterfall>. tears. <laughs> um, and uh, then uh, I wrote, thank God it's over. <laughs> uh, which was uh, my final thing. I mean, obviously, we get the New Year's Eve party where they're together, and and yeah. and, and what what are we meant to take from this ending? That who's go- family now? Who's None gonna, of these couples are together. Who's going to move where? Who 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 gives up their jobs? Well, I did. They were they kind of establishing that Cameron Diaz can do her work from home at the start of the film. That everything happens from home, so she she just takes it over to Surrey. Mm. Yeah, but she'd I be living. Know. She'd be living in Surrey. As opposed to a mansion in LA. Yeah, it's problematic. Mm. None of these people are together now. <clears throat> no, they're not. Well, what was the holiday then? Was it Hanukkah or New Year's Eve? Because Christmas <laughs> Day doesn't feature heavily at all in this film. Isn't the holiday the fact that they're both going on holiday for that time of year? Maybe you could have said it in summer then. Yeah, could have done. But, I mean, I was going to say it works at Christmas, but they don't fucking do Christmas Day. None of these people are together. Both these women are on the rebound and they get together <laughs> with the first man who's nice to them. Mm-hmm. Both of them. That's the... The golden rule. You don't do that. That's how it works, though. Right. But you don't stay with that person. No, of course not. (laughs) Uh, Do you not? No. Oh, good to know. Right. Uh, Do you want to hear why I mentioned the chest pains and uh, Kate Winslet? I mean, this has been a long setup, so this better be good. (laughs) I feel like it's not good enough. (laughs) I feel that now we've arrived at this point, it's going to be disappointing. There is a, 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 a fan theory that has gathered quite a lot of momentum that uh, the chest pains yeah. that Cameron Diaz has at the start and the huffing of the gas, they both die Wow! in that moment. And the rest of the movie is a kind of limbo where they can't pass on to the afterlife until they've sorted out their issues in the real world, which is that Cameron Diaz needs to cry and have a good show and Kate Winslet needs to get over Rufus Sewell okay and so once they've done that then they can move on to the afterlife and also they they throw in the fact that um Arthur the film writer he gets to be reunited with his his lost love that he mentions after he's applauded by his colleagues and manages to walk up some stairs unaided and that is the end of their purgatory if you will or whatever you want to call it and actually that's the movie. So for the entire film, the fact that you look at this movie and go, well, this is bollocks, it's because it's not real. 
So it can be bollocks because it's in the afterlife or just before the afterlife. Thoughts? Like it. Mm. Yeah, great. Uh, it makes me want to watch it again. <laughs> it makes me think, though, isn't it a shame that this sort of, what on <clears throat> the surface kind of sold as a bit of a tale of female empowerment, mm. it, it, the, the tears and the moving on from Jasper both come about because of a man. Yes. They, the, the, the change and the, they find their worth through these two men rather than anything they've this done themselves. This is where I, re- I really struggle with Nancy Myers because I think c- certainly the dialogue, which I know is only a minor thing, and I know you're talking about a bigger thematic uh, issue, but the dialogue, no woman, no one I've ever met in my life talks the way that her women talk. And mm-hmm. I find it, it's like she's figured out what, I don't, I don't mean this as, as sharp as it sounds, but she's figured out what, what sells and what men want to hear. And she makes us talk like that. And then women do talk like that because it's how we think we should be talking because that's what they do in the rom-coms. And I find it's it's such a minor thing. But when Cameron Diaz says, I'm just such a complicated mess. And if your friend said that to you, be like, what the mm. fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and if your girlfriends said that to you, like, don't get involved. It's actually in When Harry Met Sally, but she skews it. That's why Nora Ephron is better mm. of the two women that are funny in the world. Because mm. when she's at the airport with Joe, she says, don't get involved with me, Joe. I can't even remember the name of the girl whose boyfriend I wouldn't have sex with all those years ago. And she's being cutesy. And she's like, oh, what am I like? I'm just like, and then she's like, Amanda Reese, because she does know it because we're, because we're not that simpering. Mm-hmm. And just, anyway, rant, rant, rant. Yeah. How do you feel about the uh, the men's dialogue, Chris? Just uh, for parity. Um, I like it when Jack Black does... <laughs> that's, that's my favourite dialogue. More more Jack Black scatting, that's, please. Oh God, I've blanked that for a moment. When she, when she tries to join and she's like... Beep, 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 and he's like, that's it. You've got it. Oh, kill me. Jack Black scat. <laughs> it's so awful. You see, really this horrendous. is what I mean. He's so miscast. The Jack Blackest moments of this movie are also his worst moments of this movie. Yeah. Oof. Any more for any more. Yeah, apparently that uh, the song by the Wombats, Kill the Director, is about this film. No way. They hated this film so much, they went out and wrote a song where they sing over and over again, this is no Bridget Jones, this is no Bridget Jones. <laughs> it's because of the holiday. <laughs> did not know So that. something good did come out of this. That's, that's a bit of a tune. That is good. I like that tune. Uh, right. Any more, Victoria? You sure? Because, I mean, these were your choices, and I feel like I've sort of... I mean, we've actually done more than I thought we'd do on the holiday, so I haven't missed anything out. No. Great. Uh, let's do the bits. Best scene, Chris. Oh, Alex, I don't think you're going to be happy with me on this. <laughs> I really like it when Jack Black's going around the video store singing too. music from each film because I would like to experience that. I would like to walk around a video store with Jack Black and have him sing all the songs <laughs> in there. So it's a bit of wish fulfilment for me. Apologies, but I really find that funny. No, it's not. It's terrible. It's it's just it just it does it doesn't smack of any. I mean, in a film that it suspend like there's no reality to it. It's like no one does that. What are you doing? You're annoying me. I'd be annoyed. I'd be like, we're here to rent a movie. You must have met. Pick a movie. You must and let's go to the counter. You must have met Jack Black. Dustin Hoffman's not fucking around. He's picking a movie (laughs) because it's a fucking video rental store. Look at Dustin Hoffman. We need to get a movie. Yeah, you've met. You must have met Jack Black. I have. He would do this. Yeah. Good. It doesn't mean I enjoy it though. I'm, yeah, I was, but this is my. It's my. This is for me. But here we go because the circumstances in which I'd meet Jack Black, it would be an interview, and I'd have questions to ask. And if he started pointing at stuff around the room, going, "Look at that lamp, lampy lamp, lamp, chop chop chop, lamp. Look at the carpet, coo 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 carpet." I'd be like, "Shut up and answer the question. Tell me about your movie." I'd hate it. 
I don't know, I don't know what I, your answer I, I sort there. I tuned out a little bit. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm back now. Sorry, <laughs> Vicky, what's your favourite scene? Um, I, from a rom-com perspective, Arthur walking down the aisle with Gold Digger King Winslet <laughs> is a very satisfying payoff to your subplot that you and I. You know, I like if we end on a show and Arthur's little arc about being able to walk up the steps mm. and this representation of old Hollywood and the fact that they set up early that he's like why would I want to sit around and have dinner with 10 or 11 people and then there's hundreds of people there and then when Jack Black slides in next to Kate Winslet he's like I've you know I've kind of come back for you and it's just cute and nice and it is it's a good rom-com uh, act three payoff I agree and I feel like I was a bit unfair on Captain Obvious because Eli Wallach is really good in it and it's a really sweet character he just states the bleeding obvious the whole film that's what he's there to do yeah uh-huh. yeah uh, so you're both wrong uh, the best scene, uh, hands down, and fact, I'm not even putting it up for debate this week. The best scene it's is never a debate. It's drinking wine from a bottle in a supermarket. <laughs> yeah. Picking up a bottle of wine in a supermarket and drinking it from the bottle as you walk around buying more wine is the best scene. Love it. MVW, Victoria. I've just got a few. Uh, the Christmas fettuccine actually does look delicious. <laughs> um, Jude Law's glasses. And I've actually written this, so I'm, yeah, Cameron Diaz is shopping. <laughs> She's going around that supermarket. She's like, wine, chocolates, carbs. I was like, yes, that looks delicious. Lovely. Possibly the best thing in this film. If I had to pick a real person, which I don't... You really... don't. Do That's I not? fine. No. Okay, right, that'll um, do. All right, good. That's it. I mean, do you do you want to say the real person? No. Great. So what's the question? Are we on <laughs> MVW? Okay, most of whatever. Um, uh, napkin head. Oh, yeah, that is good. I think yeah. Mr. Napkinhead deserves a spin-off. Yeah, it's cute. Uh, but also, I really, really adore Hans Zimmer's music to this. It's quite cloying and soppy and sentimental, but it's really beautiful and it's lovely music to play in the background when you're writing. Okay, wrong. Victoria's right. The MVW is the wine. Uh, so, <laughs> what would you change, Chris? I mean, this will really make you angry, Alex. I, I wanted to cut the Cameron Diaz plot, <laughs> just make the film about <laughs> Kate Winslet. Yeah, I, I prefer I prefer that storyline. No, um, no, 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 no. But no, as no. Uh, as we're going to get into some heavy water there, uh, so you said there's no problem with Cameron Diaz being drunk for half this film. <laughs> yeah, I have got a problem with that. Oh, because. If you're going to say she got blackout drunk and was a complete nightmare, I want to fucking see it. <laughs> Show that scene. I want to see wasted Cameron Diaz fucking uh, falling over in the pub, yeah. being a nightmare in the house. I think that'd be very funny. Driving. <laughs> <laughs> Crashing the car. Running over some li- running over Jude Law's daughters. <laughs> I forgot. Before she drinks the wine and gets back in the car, she nearly kills a cyclist sober. She does. She's just like... Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Victoria... What, what would you change? What's the question? What would I change? Yeah. Um, you know how this works. It's the same three every... Why are you both asking me like we've never done this I'm before? I'm trying not to admit that I did this in a rush and yeah. I haven't read anything. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's blank. Messy, nothing. Okay, well, that's great. <laughs> Alex, what would you change? And what would I change? I've thought of something. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, there's moments with Kate Winslet in this that what she's doing makes me want to kill myself, die. Mm-hmm. When she's playing air guitar, I want to die. No one has ever played air guitar with a pillow. You just don't. No. It's, like, it's just you just. But do, the idea that it's called like, air guitar because it's air. Yeah, but the you know, the writer director has gone. This is Kate just cutting loose, <sighs> and the way she cuts loose is to do bad air guitar. This is what I mean. It's yeah, unfair. It. It's unfair to put her against Cameron Diaz because Cameron Diaz dancing to the Killers is how drunk people yeah. dance to that. Yeah, uh, you don't you don't play air guitar when you put on jet in the morning and no. you know you and just my don't. Kate Winslet is 
sharp and smart and caustic and is mm. not this girl. Yep. And I don't even mind the fact that she's a sucker for Rufus Sewell. I can I can deal with that. But the air guitar, the bit where she sat with Jack Black going, boop, 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 makes me want to pull my skin off. Yeah. I can't bear it. So change those bits. Good, good, good. Uh, you're both wrong. The answer is more wine. <laughs> more wine in the supermarket. Crack open a second bottle, Cameron Diaz. Uh, so... That is the end of the holiday. Let us now do this week's verdict. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! Love Actually versus the holiday. Victoria, these were your choices. Who would you like to go first? Uh, I think I know which way. Well, they're both <laughs> comparable, I guess. Do you, do you think you know where, which, which direction we're going in? I Seems think I know which way you're going. Yeah, you, you probably do. I, I don't think I've hid my emotions very well this week. No, so let's a uh, let's, uh, little touch of class, some sort of lo- like logistics and reasoning. I'll from... go first then. No! So, bearing in mind one of these films is borderline unwatchable, <laughs> Love Actually is the winner. Okay, uh, Chris? I very much enjoyed wallowing in manipulative, abusive relationships week. Vicky, so thank you for that. <laughs> this is all we've got. Uh, when you want to do like women's cinema, this is what we've got. <laughs> I'd say both these films are less romantic comedies and more science fiction. Right. As there are very few actual human beings in either film. <laughs> Love Actually is filled with aliens and the holiday, everyone's a robot. <laughs> That's my decision. Um, I didn't find it too tough this week um, because I don't just think Love Actually is bad. I think it's quite offensive. Okay. Uh, so uh, the holiday, because it's written and directed by a woman who actually treats her characters with a little bit more respect, and yeah, it's just a better film. The holiday. Oh wow, interesting. So still shit. Though. <laughs> I mean, yeah, That's fucking. Fair enough. Uh, right. So uh, Victoria, I, I, I feel it should be. I just want to establish at this point because I, I do love these kind of movies. I, I'm not. Yeah, just, me too. I'm uh, not yeah. sitting here going, ugh. Right. Romantic comedies, like the, the I live for, you know. Sh- you live for. Okay, I don't live for them, but I do really enjoy a schmaltzy romantic comedy and a Christmas romantic comedy and Christmas and everything about these movies. And I, I, I voted for Love Actually because I do actually really enjoy Love Actually, not just because the holidays borderline unwatchable, mm-hmm. uh, because like I do enjoy Love Actually. I don't, I disagree with Chris completely. I think it's a real, it's a, sh- it's the kind of movie. I like so I just feel I've been really coming off the back of the holiday it makes it sound like I hate these kind of movies and I don't but I do fucking hate the holiday back to you Victoria (laughs) which way is it going to go bear in mind I fucking hate the holiday okay not that that should impinge on your uh, opinion I don't know why I even said that it won't yeah it never never ever would never has done (laughs) never has done in fact, but I think just by saying it, I've tried to build my my role up in your life. That's <laughs> what it feels like. Actually, yeah. Yeah. Did and everyone it... else feel that? Yeah. <laughs> Can we please finish this podcast? <laughs> Sorry. All right, I'll be quick. So, as teeth gratingly unreal as it is, the female characters, as my colleague and sister Chris has pointed out, the female characters are front and centre, making decisions for themselves, which although they are flawed, they are not in economically subservient positions to all the men as they are in Love Actually. And that does mean a lot to me. And even if I would rather choke to death on a fucking tampon than spend five minutes with Cameron Diaz or Kate Winslet, during which time presumably we'd have pink wine and a pillow fight, there's still, it's this, yeah. And also the New Year's Eve scene at the end, despite, you know me, despite myself, I was like, oh my God, they're so happy and they're all together and they're a new family and it's lovely. The holiday! <laughs> 
On the winning side again. Um, okay, fine. I, I'm really interested to know which way the poll goes uh, on Twitter for these films because I think, I think, I, was, I, I might be wrong, but I think <clears throat> Love Actually is going to win out because I think a lot more people love that at this time of year. I think 10 years ago, a lot of people loved Love Actually. I think its reputation is starting to go south. I mm. really do. I think there's been a bit of a... Um, uh, 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 people don't like it as much. All right. Well, because they're grown ups. The poll don't lie. So when it goes up on Twitter, do vote Love Actually or the Holiday. <laughs> the studio. He only ever mentions the poll when, when he is in court marks <laughs> lost. It never normally gets the mentioned. poll's really important the when poll's he loses. Suddenly, yeah. really important. <laughs> got a lot of mentions recently. Yeah. Why is that? It's, Why is that? Isn't it? yeah. it's just Why coincidence, that? I, thought, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> nevertheless, uh, I don't. Wanna, I don't. I feel like I'm going on and on about it. The poll is very important, so do vote. Uh, well, actually. <laughs> and um, we'll find out what the real vote is. But in the studio, the holiday has won this week. As we said on Monday's episode, uh, the shows are going to be amazing next week because it's uh, Die Hard versus Lethal Weapon. Do your homework. Watch those movies again. It's not even a chore. So enjoy Die Hard and Lethal Weapon. We'll be back on Monday to start going through those two Christmas classics. Until then, thank you very much for listening. Congratulations to the holiday. And we'll be back uh, soon. Uh, do uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, rate and review us and subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Very much appreciated. Merry Christmas so far. Christmas countdown continues next week. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creative Network. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.